Welcome to Remember When. Our guest today is Kay Stalker, five terms as president of the Upper Marion Women's Club, resident of the township since 1957, and a person who goes all the way from Saturday Evening Post to Norman Rockwell to spelling bees at the middle school here in Upper Marion Township. Please join us for this wonderful episode of a volunteer in service to her community. Kay, do you want to tell me about the first time you came into Upper Marion Township? We had friends who lived in Valley Forge homes, and they invited us out, and we saw it, and that's when we decided King or Crush was for us. We lived in Glen Olin at the time, and decided that we really liked the area very much, and also had a turnpike. We had friends in Huntington Valley. We thought, this would be great. We just get on the turnpike and get to them. So it had a lot of conveniences for us at that point, even though it was a country town, basically. How so a country town? Well, it, by where I lived before, it was more um, metropolis, more, more open and so forth. And this was just had a few stores and a lot of older buildings, which I thought were very wonderful. And Chris, that King of Prussia Inn in the middle of nowhere <laughs> it was really interesting. Was the plaza, the mall, completely built up then? It wasn't even near there. It wasn't there at all. That was an open spot. And mostly farmland? Dairy farm? Dairy farms. And there was Walker Field. I, don't know that, I think that was a farm at that time. I'm not quite sure. But it's now Walker Field, of course. I understand there were also cows grazing on Henderson Road. It was very interesting. What did your husband do at that time? He, he was in the service. He was in, And he worked full time for the National Guard. And so he ran missile sites around the area at that time. They needed it. and. Uh, he stayed in there for 32 years. Then he eventually ended up in the Pentagon for about a year and a half. Okay. If, if you remember the previous question, Ed, you can start there. If not... Yeah, sure. Okay. Whenever you're ready. When your husband was in the Pentagon during that period of time. You remained here with your children? Yes, I did. But on the weekends, if he couldn't come home, then I would go down there. And he was stationed there, as I said, for about a year and a half. And it was a, quite an interesting thing. He, he ended up as a colonel in the Army when that was his final rank. That's wonderful. Yeah, he started out as a private. Did he retire here in King of Prussia? Shortly after you moved here, you became involved with the Upper Marion Women's Clubs? We moved here in uh, 1957 in July. And in 1958 in January, I joined the Women's Club. And that was the Federated Women's Club, which started in 1953 and was federated in 1954. It actually started many years ago in 1890. Somebody named June Crowley, Jean, Jenny Crowley, was the uh, organizer. And she did it to get women out of the house. She felt that they needed something else besides children and dishes and that sort of thing. And they started a lot of the libraries, and they were instrumental in starting Laurel House, too, and the State Hospital, Norristown State Hospital. So they really did a good job of uh, organizing. And our women's club is uh, he heavily involved in charities, too. We have, I made a list so I wouldn't forget them. OK. Can I read it? Sure. That'd be nice. We give to uh, we give Easter and Thanksgiving baskets to the Upper Marion 
uh, emergency fund. We give money at Christmas time to the, emer the emergency fund. And we also give to Hobie, which is Hugh O'Brien. It's for youth. I don't know whether you know much about it, but Hugh O'Brien uh, started this youth organization. That It's called Hugh O'Brien. That's why it's Hobie Youth. And uh, they take the leaders from the school and bring them to a, a, a weekend at the local hotel from Thursday through Sunday. And they bring all the leaders of different communities and to teach them how to, uh, to do that sort of thing. But it's only one child from each school is brought, and there's usually about 150, almost 200. We've had over 200 sometimes. That's wonderful. Organization. We also give to Laurel House, which is for abused women and their children. And we give to Meals and Wheels. Half of our club does Meals and Wheels. We deliver or, or do something like that. We do Operation Smile, which corrects little children who have the, the impairment in their mouth and so forth. We have a soup kitchen. It's over in Norristown. We do that uh, about every four months. And we, take, we feed at least 100 people each time. And we have a scholar, student scholarship for which we give $750. And if we have enough money in our club, we raise it to 1000 We try to do that. We also do this uh, needles and fingers, which these quilts you see here. They make quilts for children in hospitals. And we have a festival of arts coming up from the Women's Club on March the 2nd, uh, March the 5th, excuse me. And uh, these will be judged. And one of them will win. And that will go into the Southeast District, which is held in Reading. And eventually, they'll be given to children in hospitals so that they have something new to take home with them when they leave the hospital. I guess that's about all we do. No, we, do. we also have um, Habitat for Humanity. I guess you've heard of that. Yes. It's like for that. And our club is a service club, but it has a lot of social activities. But our programs, every, every when we meet third Wednesday of every month at the Lutheran Church, they also are educational programs. In fact, last month we had Dave Boyda, so he gave us a lot of information about the township. So it's been very interesting. Before they uh, did the, these particular quilts, Needles and Fingers, there was another quilt project, is that right? Oh, we've been doing quilts for years. This is, just, this is called the Linus Project because in Charlie Brown, that little Linus is always carrying his quilt. So they called this the Linus Project for that reason. And it will be judged, and I think I said on March the 5th at the Festival of Arts, and from there it goes to the Southeast District if it wins, and then it goes on to Pennsylvania. And before children, it was, uh, quilts were made for cancer patients. Well, so. they weren't quilts. They were actually newspapers that we wrapped in old sheets and things like that and given to uh, cancer patients. And they used them for sitting on things like that, for mattresses, that sort of thing. That was many, many years ago. With the quilts and all of the other activities, how does, where does the club get all of its money? It does so much. Well, we used to have fundraisers, but now the only fundraiser we have is Boscov's. When they have their charity day, uh, each member is asked to sell or take five tickets, uh, six tickets, excuse me, at $5 each. And that way we get our money for that. We make almost about $1,500. Out of that, we give that scholarship. And we give to all the charities that I mentioned. And you know, this is, this is a great club for if you want to meet new people too, because we're, we're new members are always welcome. And if you're new in the neighborhood, it's great to come and visit with us and maybe like to join us. That's where I met most of my friends when I came here in, in 57. How many members are there right now? Right now we have 36. And they meet every month, is that right? We meet once a month, the third Wednesday of the month, at the Good Shepherd Lutheran Church on Valley Forge and Henderson Road at 7.30. Okay. 
And if they want to contact me, that's perfectly right. Okay, okay. Before uh, all of all of this, you were also you were telling me uh, employed by the Saturday Evening Post. That was when I was a youngster, of course. When I was <laughs> when I was about eighteen or nineteen years old. I worked there for five years, and then I got married and left the place. And what did you do there? Well, I started out as a receptionist. Then I became a secretary, which was my background. Then I did uh, an office manager and finally did layout work, which would decide where things would go in the back of the book, like cartoons and things of that nature. That was called layout work. Okay. And if, I, if I'd stayed there, I probably could have gone higher, but that's as far as I went. Did you meet any of this famous Saturday evening post artists? I met Norman Rockwell who I thought was just a wonderful person. I met quite a few, but he's the only one who really would stop and talk, let's say. He was a very nice, down-to-earth person. And he would bring his, his paintings in, and they were so perfect, he would take them to the art department, he'd come back and he'd say, gotta do it over. I said, they said it was perfect. He said, does make any difference, it's not perfect in my mind. He was perfectionist, really a perfectionist. And he would hire people in the neighborhood to be his models. They would, he would pay them $5 an hour or something like that, and they would be the models. That's why they look so American. It's because they were real they were, people. They were real people, absolutely. In fact, I met somebody who was one of his models. For what picture? He lived, well, I don't remember, but he lived in King of Prussia at the time. He was the husband of a friend of mine. And he was one of Norman he was one of, mm -hmm, Exactly. I'll bet he would really like to have that picture. Oh, sure. It's really nice. Did you, uh, did you work after your marriage? Yes, I did. When we were stationed down in Atlanta, and, and not in Atlanta, in the, um, Fort Benning in Georgia, I worked there at the, on the post. And we had Italian war prisoners there who were, uh, my boss happened to be an Italian from uh, New Jersey. So he took these Italian war prisoners. They had a wonderful time there because they could speak to him. He enjoyed it and they enjoyed it and they were treated very well. Believe me, those were, they were not like prisoners. They were like normal people. How long were you at Fort Benning? Um, I think it was nine months. Okay, you, uh, you were married at that oh, point? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I see, so you're, and, and as part of your husband's right. military, right. Uh, mm -hmm. you, went, you were down there. Then we were sent to Mississippi. We stayed in Gloucester, Mississippi, which was a tiny town and it had, the druggist was also the undertaker, you know, that type of town. <laughs> and the cows and the dogs and everything, it measured 500 people, including all the animals. It was a small town. How big was King of Prussia when you moved here? Not very big. I mean, it was large in, in area, but not really um, with um, stores and things of that nature. We had an A&P, and we had, um, I think it was a Purry's Delicatessen, and anyway, there was a, a bank. I think it was Western Union. We had grants because I worked there. And well, there was a little five and ten, little little uh, Spillanes or something like that. And they were, had a Chinese restaurant there. Um, also, my friend Maxine Newstein, her husband had a TV uh, store there, and another one had the hobby shop. So it was it was a little community, but it was really nice. But our major shopping almost had to be done in Norristown. And Grants, was that, Grant, that was a department store? That was a department store. And eventually, I'd left before this happened, but it did get burned down. I mean, I, didn't, I wasn't the cause of that. <laughs> 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 it just burned down. I'm sorry to hear that. 
sorry to hear that. One of the things that uh, is interesting to uh, a lot of people, not just in King of Prussia, but they remember where they were and what they were doing uh, the day that uh, JFK was assassinated. I know exactly where I was. They had historic cor Corvettes over at the plaza, and I was talking. I was standing there waiting to be waited on, and the, the sales lady was crying. And I said, "What happened?" And that's when she told me Kennedy was shot. So I do remember that. It's amazing how those things stay with you. And the uh, and the clerk was crying. She about was crying, that. yeah. And and obviously telling her customers yes. mm -hmm. about what was going mm -hmm. on. E.J. Corbett's that hasn't been around for quite some time. I know time. neither, not, but I've been around a long time. So <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot of stores. We had Gimbel's, which was very nice, and Wanamaker's, of course. Of course, Storbridge's, as you know, is closing now, but that was around too. We had quite a few stores. Penny's, Penny's is still there, and Sears. Was this part of the mall then? The yes. beginning mm -hmm. of the mall. It was open, though. It wasn't enclosed like it is now. It was all open. And we had a Woolworths, too, which was a good 5 and 10 over there. Things like that. At the same location yes. where the mall yes. is today. Yes. What was and there the was rest a, of the township like? Well, there was an antique shop right there on the corner of 202 and Gulf Road, I guess it was right there. A friend of mine was running that. And, and other places. I'm trying to think what else we had here. Um, or, of course, the township building when we had, it was on the corner of 202 and Allendale Road. I think it's now the Wachovia Bank. And that was quite a building. Uh, we, our church was a, a mission church at the time. It's a Lutheran church. And it started on the second floor there. And I know that children would have a great time. The police were on the first floor and the kids were on the top floor making all this racket and stuff, you know, like doing a lot of fun. And your church would meet there on yes, Sundays? Yes, For services? Yes, and then we moved out to Wayne for a while. And then we finally have our place now in Henderson and Valley Forge Road. Oh, that's the, the Good Shepherd. Yes, Lutheran Good Shepherd Church. Lutheran Church. This is where our club meets, too. Are most of the members from that church? No. Oh, they're just... No, maybe four or five. Oh, it's just the host mm -hmm. hosting mm -hmm. location. Mm -hmm. Okay. I would, uh, I'm eager to also find out about uh, how things were in terms of uh, Valley Forge National Park. It did not become uh, a state or a national That's right. park until later on. That's right. How was it during the early years? It was very nice. It really it was just a place you could go for picnics and things. It was just wonderful. The kids enjoyed it thoroughly. Then they had that 1776, 1976 bicentennial there. And that was interesting. We went over there to see all the covered wagons and they served food and things of that nature. It was very interesting. They. They brought covered wagons from oh, around yeah. the mm -hmm. country? Yes, from I think they started in California. And, and they brought them to Valley Forge Park. That must have been very it was, interesting. It was very interesting. Very interesting. And how about the river? Was the river more active uh, in terms of activities than it is today? I can't remember too much about that. I remember there was a lot of ice on that river, which we don't seem to get anymore, which is great. <laughs> I'm glad about that. But it did seem to ice up a lot. In fact, I understand they used to go ice skating on that river, so but not not in my time. I don't remember that, but we there's a, a cemetery on Gulf Road, Valley Forge Memorial Park, I think it's called, isn't it? Yes. And they used to have a big uh, area where I could take the kids ice skating. There was a big pond there, and the kids would go ice skating. 
And nobody was afraid to go ice skating no, no. in the oh, cemetery? Heavens. No, didn't bother them at all. As long as they had an open spot of water, they, they were happy. <laughs> Did they go at night? No, 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 no. I wouldn't let them go at night. <laughs> That's too scary. <laughs> they probably wouldn't go at night. <laughs> That's marvelous. The, uh, the township is uh, always interested in preserving open space. Uh, what is your recollection of, uh, uh, of the congestion as it, as it was years ago? Oh, there wasn't congestion. T 202 was a two-lane highway. Can you picture that now? I cannot. <laughs> it was, and it was very easy. In fact, the expressway ended at City Line. You couldn't go all the way into Philadelphia. Wow. That was, but of course it changed after that. As you know now, they call it the Sewerkill Crawlway, which, <laughs> which it is a lot of times. <laughs> but highways have been an important part of Absolutely. the growth of, oh, sure, of, of course. Marion Township and, of course. and, and King of Prussia. Mm -hmm. what, what is the most significant advance that you have seen over the years uh, in the township? I guess the stores, because it became a metropolis rather than a small town. To me, it looked like a small town when we first came here, but now it's just a, a, it's a big place. It is. The population uh, is around 27,000. The, uh, the mall is also like the second largest in the country. I understand that. Minnesota has the first, the largest one. But it's brought a lot of benefits, I believe, mm -hmm. to, the, to the township. It's brought some headaches, but some... Some more. It keeps our taxes, taxes a little lower, too. Surely. So that helps. And your, your children were all raised here in Upper yeah. Marion mm -hmm. Township and went to local schools? Right. And, and tell me about them. What are they doing now? My daughter is a, a nurse for the Montgomery Hospital. She does home health care. She's been doing it for 33 years. She graduated 33 years next month. And uh, she, uh, she specializes in cardiology. And her husband works for Social Security, and that's in Norristown. My son works for Deacon Industries. He's a manager over there. And his wife works for Costco's. And I've, I've got six grandchildren. One's 11 who wants to be an animal control officer. She can't wait to get out there so she can control these animals, <laughs> or the people are treating animals poorly. Oh. And the other one's at, at 20 years old, and she's a senior in, at Kutztown University. She's going to be a reading specialist. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. And they're all still here in, in uh, Upper Marion Well, no. My daughter lives in Trooper, which is not oh, too, okay. Excuse me, not Trooper. A, a trap. I get those two mixed up. Yeah. And trap. Okay. But it's pretty close to the to Yeah, the I'm very area. lucky. My son lives right around the corner from me, so he's very close. And as I said, he won't leave King of Prussia. That's his love. He loves King of Prussia. You, you were saying also it's your love as it well. Is. That I wouldn't want to leave either. I have a lot of friends here. And a lot of my friends, really, I got from the, the women's club because I was new here too. I was only here about six months when I joined the club. And I've met a lot of people through there, Marion being one of them, of course. And how many years have you been involved with the club? 50, uh, 48 years. 48 mm -hmm. years. And you're currently the president? For the fifth time. <laughs> what is the term? Two years. So you've been president for 10 years? Well, one time it was just one year because I took over for somebody. Oh, I see. But other than that, yes. They told me to make it a half a dozen, but I said, no, thank you. <laughs> You're going to retire from the presidency then? <laughs> well, I get out in June of this year. 
so a new president will take over. Now, it's been an honor to be a president. I really appreciate it. And the people are very cooperative and very friendly. I mean, some women's clubs are kind of staid and standoffish. Our club is not like that. It's really a very friendly group. They all seem to get along well. And we have refreshments after our meetings, so it gives everybody a chance to meet each other more socially. And we do have these educational programs every, every month. So we're very lucky in that respect. What is, uh, what is the favorite activity of the club for you? Well, we have a bridge group, which I adore. I love that. <laughs> and we have a pinochle group, too. And then we also have a Christmas party that we celebrate. And we have a June luncheon. So we do other things like that. How often do you play bridge? About once a month oh, with the club. I play bridge quite a bit, but once a month with the club. Do you, oh, you play at uh, other other, other clubs oh, yeah. or other mm -hmm. groups? Mm -hmm. Okay. When you were uh, uh, raising the children for the period of time that your husband was uh, in the Pentagon, did you feel like you were uh, a single mom and, and having a lot of uh, problems in terms of the children and, and work and that kind of thing? Well, some problems came up, but nothing that was that extraordinary that I couldn't handle. I was fortunate. Because today it seems like oh, I know. both members of the family, right. the husband and the wife, have to work uh, just to keep things going. That's true. To make ends meet. Mm -hmm. I, I think during the 50s it was probably a much different kind. It was much easier, no question about it. In fact, my, where I live on one street, we have about 12 houses. We had 55 children on that street at one time. Oh my and goodness. they all got along fine. I mean, they had their little skirmishes, but basically it was a very easy street to be on. And it was a quiet street. It was, it was safe. They could sled down the street and nobody would bother them. Things of that nature. It was very good. And that was uh, a time when most people could afford uh, a home. That's exactly right. These yeah. days, I don't know how young people manage to... Uh, I agree. I don't know how they do it either because their mortgages are terribly high. And of course, everything else is high, but it's all relative. Their sal salaries are much higher, too, than what ours were when we were younger. But they both have to work, too. They both have to work in order to, to make that go. Yeah, and that makes the home life completely mm -hmm. different. Sure, it makes it hard. Yeah. Were your children involved in activities uh, here in the township? And My son played football, but that was about it. Okay. My daughter, well, they were involved in scouts. I had a Cub Scout group when my son was about seven. And uh, we would meet every Friday in, in the Candlebrook School. But I think that was the wrong day to do it because the kids were ready to go out after a whole week of school. They were ready to take off. I should have had it on Monday instead of Friday. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it worked out. My daughter was in Girl Scouts actually until she was about 16 or 17. Like, so you've been very involved in the scouting oh, movement yeah. as well. Oh, sure. And I do a lot of volunteer work myself. I've Over been, and above what the know, women's club does? I've, I've been working at the uh, gift shop in Montgomery Hospital for the past 33 years. 33 off and on. Years. Now, my husband became ill and I had to give it up for a while, but off and on for 33 years. And I've been doing meals for about 30 years, too, Meals and Wheels. I understand that Meals and Wheels is a very active. Uh, it is very active here in, uh, mm -hmm. in Upper Marion Township. Are there any other places where you have volunteered? 
well, the church, of course, I do uh, do some work up there. Not a great deal, but I do some. You seem to be very, very busy then with all of those activities that you have to keep up with. I have to keep busy. I don't <laughs> want to vegetate. <laughs> Are there a number of other, other ladies that uh, have been involved with the club for a longer period of time? No, Marion is the long. Marion Glenny was in for about fifty years. I'm in for forty-eight years, and Adelaide Dodds. I don't know whether you know her, but she was in for about forty-nine years. So some of them were in for a long time. But I guess basically, it's it's more more recent. There's some for thirty and thirty-five years. Our age group is usually. I think we have some for two girls who are fifty, and then they go up. Fifty is around the youngest. Mm -hmm, about the youngest. But the club doesn't have age limits. There is no age limit at all. We had one who was only 20, and she stayed for a while, but she had a baby and decided it was too much for her. It seems, though, that the, uh, that the notion of service and volunteerism um, really is an older thing, a more mature thing for people to be able to do. Well, people who have the time. You well, know, if you have to work, I'm, I understand it's a little limited. But outside that, the ones I know, quite a few people are volunteering. We're doing mentoring too over at the uh, alternative school, and we do that on every other Friday. Tell me about that. There, well, it's a group of young people who are not allowed to stay at high school. Now, if they behave themselves, whatever they've done, and we we no question, we have no idea about that. We're not judgmental. They um, they stay in the alternative school, and if they are allowed to go back to the high school, they can do that. A lot of them don't, a lot of them do. So we go there quite a bit. We, we play games with them and talk to them, just ask them what they like to do when they're, when they're out of school, things of that nature. And some of them are, they're very sweet to us. We have no problem with them, but for some reason they're in that alternative school. As I said, we can't judge, so I don't know. That must be a, a wonderful way to interact with younger people. It is, it's very good. They treat us like grandparents, I think. <laughs> Is that good or bad? Oh, it's good. No, it's oh. very good. They're very, very respectful. <laughs> well, no, well grandchildren nice. aren't always respectful. No, you're right. They're not. <laughs> my, uh, my own grandchildren know exactly where everything in the house is that they want. They know where the apple juice is kept and all of that kind of thing. Well, my grandchildren know where, they, where things are, too. And they, they do what they want. <laughs> they do what they no. want? Well, as long as they know it's allowed. Now we do another thing. I belong to a, a senior group called 59ers, and we do a spelling bee over at the uh, middle school. And I'm in charge of that particular one. We do a sixth grade spelling bee, and of course we old people go over there and spell with them. So far we've won each time, but it's coming up again the beginning of March. We don't know what will happen then. How many times have you done this? I think it's about 14 years now. For 14 years, the women's club is under. No, this isn't the women's club. Oh, no? This is 59ers. This is a senior citizen group. Okay. So for 14 years, the seniors have been undefeated in spelling? More people. I mean, that's my years. They're, they've been on for about 20 years. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. And they've never lost? No, not so far. Well, that sounds... Well, we're working on sixth grade words. You know, we should know a little bit if our memory serves right. But I think that's another difference in generations, the ability to spell. Well, that's the idea, intergenerational inter type of thing. And the kid, kid, a lot of kids don't have grandparents. They have them, but they don't see them because they're a distance. So we're their ersatz grandparents. We take, take pictures of our when we were younger and things of that nature. 
and give them our background. They talk about it. And they all send us thank you notes, which is the teacher requires, which is so sweet. That's very nice. That's very nice. Especially after you beat them. <laughs> well, they're very, we don't beat them by much, maybe five or six words or something like that. They're pretty good. Uh-huh. What's the toughest word you've ever had? I don't know. I think conscientious. That's tough enough? I can, oh, that's no problem to spell. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do <laughs> Spelling it. was always my love, so I had a very good time with that. I used to be in spelling bees in school, too. Oh, I see. Okay. Are you a crossword puzzle fan then? No. Nope. Oh, just... My husband did that. I didn't do that. All right. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? Your life and time as an Upper Marion teacher? Well, I was born in St. Paul, Minnesota. And when I was nine months old, our parent, my parents moved east. So I've been a, I lived in Northeast Philadelphia and graduated from high school up there and so forth. And what then was I, your maiden name? G-R-A-B, Grab. Okay. An unusual name. That's why I spelled it. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> believes it. <laughs> but you went I, to high school in Northeast Philadelphia? Yeah, I went to Frankfurt High School. Mm -hmm. Okay. It was very nice. We enjoyed it. I understand the school is not quite as good as it was when I was there, but it, uh, it was very good at that time. It was an academic school and it very good. And where did you meet your husband? Actually, there's a, a skating rink out in, in 69th Street called Chevu. They used to have skating first and you have dancing afterward. And all the young people would go there every Saturday night just for interaction or whatever the case might be. I would skate, but my husband didn't skate. So I met him at the dance. So that's where your skating came from, and you right. passed that on to children mm -hmm. uh, from 69th Street. Well, that's, this was roller skating. It wasn't ice skating. Oh, I see. They did ice skating. skating. Mm -hmm. so they did roller, roller skating, skating and too. Ice skating, oh, yeah, right? they did both. No, they enjoyed it. And then you took your children to the cemetery to, to <laughs> skate on That's the... true. That's exactly where they skated. In fact, one time the ice broke and my son slid right underneath the ice. Oh, he was about four or five years old. So I pulled him out real fast and wrapped him up in an army blanket, which I happened to have in the car. Took him home and gave him a shower or a hot bath. He didn't have, even had to get a cold out of it. Well, that's wonderful. So it was very, we were very lucky. Does he him. remember that? Vaguely. Not that much. Uh-huh. It must have been very scary for you, though. It was for me because I didn't know how to pull him out. You know, <laughs> I wasn't on the ice. Who pulled him out? I, you know, I don't remember. I wish I did, but somebody must have pulled him out after all he came out. <laughs> so you were working at, uh, you had met your uh, future husband, and you were working at the Saturday Evening Post. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you got married? Yes, we were married in 1942. And lived in... We lived in various places. At that time, we lived in Lansdowne, and then we worked for the Arlington Cemetery Company. His aunt was in charge of it, and he was the office manager, and I worked in there too for a while. And then when he was taken back in the Korean War, he was in World War II, of course, and when he was taken back in the Korean War, then we, uh, we moved out again, and I moved back with my parents, and we moved, then we moved to Glen Olden, and from Glen Olden, we came here. And he never really got out of the Army business. He was out for about a year. And then the National Guard offered him this job at full time. And we'd had to, we were under military restrictions the whole time. I mean, he, there was one time in March, I guess in 1958, we had a very bad ice storm. And he was with the National Guard at the time. He had to go up to Levittown to turn on their 
power. We had no power here for 24 hours, but that didn't make any difference. He had to go up to Levittown to take care of their stuff. To take care of their, their business thing, right. up there. Mm -hmm. That's that's. But we managed. We had a gas stove in the kitchen, so I turned that turned that on. That's how we kept our heat going. The kids sat with coats on, and that's all you could do. How long were you without? I think it was 24 hours. Was, was it very time. cold? Mm -hmm. It was one of the ice storms that you get in March, you know, those horrible ones. So th this coming March, you're going to have uh, a spelling bee where you have to defend your championship. That's right. The first Thursday in March. The, have to be on the outlook for ice storms, and you're going to have the judging of the quilts. Mm -hmm. Right. The judging of the quilts is on the 5th of March, which is a Monday, and our spelling bee is March the 2nd, and that's going to be at the Upper Murray Middle School and the 6th graders, as I said. All right. It sounds like you've got a full schedule ahead. I keep busy. Okay, thank you very much for coming to see us. Thank today. you very much. I appreciate it. Our guest this evening has been Kay Stalker. Uh, a marvelous person in the township who has many, many years of community service and remembers when E.J. Corvettes was at the corner of Gulf and 202. Thank you very much for joining us. And remember, when.